The Nets start off sloppy, but are able to come on strong late. No Mikhail Bridges, no Cam Johnson. Ben Simmons turns a corner in the second half. and We learned a decent amount about what the plans might be going forward. We're going to get into all that, but first, theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I am Doug Norrie, lead NBA analyst and owner of DFSR.com. If you need projections for NBA, which is coming right around the corner, or the NFL, head on over to DFSR.com. Got you covered there. Also want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. And We are getting into preseason game number three for the Brooklyn Nets. They go into this one against the 76ers. Uh, yeah, still the, the, the sweep, still stinging in the old collective memory there for, for us Nets fans and maybe for the team as well. Obviously swept out of the playoffs by Joel Embiid. James Harden and company at the end of last year. But, you know, preseason's preseason. The games don't count until less you feel like they really count. And I think that this one, the Nets really started feeling like this one counted uh, in the second half. Got a ton of breakdown for this game. Tons of, I think we can digest and learn from both good and bad on the Nets front and sort of decide where we stand with this team after three preseason games, one more to go coming up later on this week. But this was a game that was really highlighted to start with just a very, very sloppy play from the Brooklyn Nets. Now, it didn't end up being like this the entire time, but the first half specifically uh, and the first quarter really were very, very difficult to watch out of this team. Uh, this was in, in the end, the Nets had 25, no, excuse me, 20, got one at the end. There are 26 total turnovers for the Nets in this game, which is just really an absolutely unacceptable number. Now, again, things cleaned up a little bit in the second half. We're going to talk Ben Simmons. We're going to talk some of the stuff that we saw uh, as the game progressed. But this was the game where the Nets were really dug a hole early and could not climb their way out of it just because when you turn the ball over this many times, sort of an egregious amount of times, that it's just going to be very, very difficult to win basketball games, even when you do really well in other facets of the game, like three-point shooting, which we'll discuss, like rebounding, which we'll discuss as well. But this game was highlighted early or low-lighted, I think you could probably say, by a team that just looked completely discombobulated, by a team that looked, frankly, like it hadn't played all that much together. And yeah, you know, to some degree, they haven't, right? This is, a, this is still a team that's working on new rotations. This is a team that's working to have Ben Simmons much more involved in a way that he wasn't at the end of last year. So it makes, and, and they're sort of an unconventional team uh, to some degree with just some, you know, some of the spacing and whatnot or lack thereof at times that they have in the team. So I think at times turnovers and sloppiness maybe could be uh, not expected, but have to be tolerated just because of the way the nets are currently constructed. And they're without Mikhail Bridges, they're without Cam Johnson. So it's not like they were a full, uh, a full squad going in here. But that first quarter of the game did show us that this is a team that when 
things aren't maybe going well. This is an offense that can bog down. This is an offense where the spacing could be slightly an issue. This is an offense where they're really because of the way they're made up and the way that Simmons and Claxton and some of these guys are, are put together um, just, you know, going to be around the rim a lot and just sort of what they're able to do as their best parts of their skill set. that this could be something that cre- creeps up from time to time, an offense that looks a little bit out of sorts, an offense that looks a little uh, not slow, but it looks, you know, slow to develop right at times with some of their sets An offense, maybe where it's a little confusing about where players are even supposed to go in certain sets. Because again, when you have a makeup like they have, it is somewhat unconventional with two guys that are probably best playing on the block or, you know, with Simmons slashing to the rim, but is never going to be able to space. And if the shooters aren't going to be totally there and the on-ball creation is not going to be totally there, then we could see an offense from time to time that struggles with this. Now they were able to, clean this up to some degree in the second half where they you know put their the, the pedal down a little further it's not like the sixers were coming in here full strength either but i do think i don't want to just ignore because the game ended up being close right 127 to 119 in the end with a major comeback by the nets in the second half i don't really want to ignore what happened early because it is a probably somewhat instructive for how things can be if they aren't if everyone isn't operating as a really, really fluid unit. Now, we know Simmons is going to control the ball more. We know that he's going to be initiating offense more than a way that that really in a way that we haven't seen him in a Nets uniform just because he looks fully healthy. Um, he looks more he's just compl- so much more aggressive than he's been. Um, and he just looks like a totally different player than he's ever looked in Nets uniform. I don't think there's no real debate about that at this point. I think at least at this point in the season, that part of his game um, and that part of his health recovery is kind of solved. Like he looks totally healthy, but because of that, this is a team that's going to operate just a little differently than we, than they have had to in the past. And when you're without bridges, who they're going to really rely on for, for scoring and for just sort of one-on-one um, on ball stuff and just overall, just, you know, three level scoring in a way that man, maybe only really cam Thomas has the ability to do. And bridges obviously can do it uh, better than cam or, or just uh, in a more, in a way that probably fits into the overall flow of an offense. Yeah, I do think that this is this is not something that is just an isolated incident on the Nets part. That first quarter that we saw where it was just an absolute turnover fest. Um they I think at the end yeah, at the end of the first quarter they had those <laughs> no, yeah, at the end of the first quarter the the Sixers had 16 points off of turnovers. I mean that included 20 uh 20 to 6 points in the paint. The Nets had turned the ball over eight times and the Sixers had turned it over only once. I mean, those are those are numbers that really are going to be very, very difficult to overcome over the course of a game. And I know it's only one quarter of a game, but if you really play that poorly in one quarter of a game, it can just set you back in a way that's going to be that's going to be really, really tough. And I, I, it's something I think we want to keep an eye on as we see Simmons progress into the offense more as we see this team sort of. You know, and, and Jacques Vaughn has put it on him and said yeah, he's the one that's really going to have to lead things here. As we see this develop over the course of the season, I think we're going to see different versions of this team. I think we're going to see versions where it looks like they're shot out of a cannon, where it looks like the defense is going to be hounding everyone and making everyone really annoyed or, you know, getting the other team really annoyed where they're going to see, we're going to see this team get into transition early and often. But I also think we're going to see parts like we saw in this first quarter again, where it looks it looks stagnant. It looks slow. It looks sloppy. And I think there's going to be a learning curve around the offense with that in mind, with, with these guys still coming together. And because of just who they have overall 
on their roster and the skills that each of these guys bring. I don't, I, I, I do. And this isn't to be negative. It's just to it's be realistic, right? It's like, do we think that that is a feature or a bug, right? Is, are, is this going to be a team that's, is it a team that's put together perfectly in terms of modern NBA roster construction, especially in the starting lineup? No, not really. And I, yeah, sure. Bridges and Johnson solve some of that. The Sixers didn't have Joel Embiid and James Hart. Right. So it wasn't like the Sixers were playing some kind of full strength basketball here. I mean, they were missing their two best players. And one of the, those players is a top three player in the league. So when we're looking at this and we think to ourselves, you know, is this something that could crop up again for the Nets? Yeah, I think it could. I think it could. I hope that we see much more of the second half version of this team, which we'll get to here in a second. But overall, it's something that I kind of want to be prepared for a little bit because I think there is going to be, like I said, that learning curve around the Nets offense and around whether or not this, you know, th- this combination of players is going to be able to work long-term in terms of getting like a really good offensive flow going often, going consistently in a way that's going to tax other, other defenses like all the time. Yeah. I think we, I think that could take a little while to really round out. I do want to talk about Ben Simmons. I want to talk about the comeback that, they sparked in the second half. Um, I want to talk about some of the other takeaways that we got from rotations and what we learned probably about the Nets long-term or at least short-term when it comes to the regular season plans. We'll get into that here in a second. But before we get to that, I want to let you know, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash MBA and get on your way to being your best self. Look, you ever feel like your brain's getting in its own way? I've been down this road many, many times. It feels like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Sometimes you just want to turn your brain off in some ways or your brain's just getting in the way. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work on yourself instead of working against yourself. We've all been down there this road before, folks. Like life, like so much comes at you, your time your job, your family, your work, your free time even can sometimes be the thing that where your brain's telling you just things that you can struggle to deal with, right? Like this is where therapy can really help you out. This is where better help you just have to give better help a try. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give better help a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, switch therapist anytime, no additional charge. You're going to find someone who works well with you, works well for you. Make your brain your friend with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on MBA to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash. Locked on NBA. All right, Ben Simmons. Uh, we can talk. We've talked a little bit about him in the first part of this. Want to get a little bit more into what we saw from Simmons tonight. This was obviously another game where it was uh, not another game, but it was a game that was sort of the tale of two Simmons. We have the good, we have the bad, <laughs> we have them both. And there you got the facts left. There you go. I can do a little facts life reference for you. But when we look at Simmons's overall game here. The good takeaways are in the second half specifically, he had some highlight real stuff. He forced a couple of turnovers, got one into a fast break for uh, for a dunk. You always love to see that still finishing and trying to finish around the hoop early and often or whenever he's been given the chance, he was able to get into a step back jumper. That's two games in a row with the fadeaway jumper. One was on the block against um, two games ago. And then this one was sort of like a near the foul line, you know, about foot and a half in from the foul line, right outside the restricted area where he faded back left hand, nice touch, 
uh, for the fadeaway jumper. So anytime he's going to be able to get even like a little mid range into his game, you'll love to see it. And he also had just the sick back uh, behind the back pass in transition to Spencer Dinwiddie. These are the kind of highlights that you really want to see from Simmons sort of all the time, right? The Nets are really, really going to need this. They're going to need his full athleticism. They're going to need him on both ends of the court. They're going to need him just giving the team energy, uh, really sparking really every part of what they're going to try to do. And I think that he has, he's clearly already showing in the preseason that that, is, that game, that part of his game is back, is back for him. Maybe not 100% yet, but getting really, really close. And you, and you love to see it because that, that version of Simmons does open up a lot for the Nets. It opens up a lot on what they're going to be able to do in cross-match and spacing, coming back down the court, especially off uh, either misses where he's able to get the offensive rebound. Uh, he's been able to push makes at times. He didn't do that as much in this game. Uh, or just when they're able to force turnovers and where he's able to find open shooters on the wings or just around the arc. Like we already know that this version of himself uh, is something the Nets desperately need. And this version of himself is a guy who was an all NBA guy like three seasons ago. Right. So we know that this, if, if he's able to bring this stuff to the court for 33, 34, 35 minutes a game, then the Nets look completely different this year than if he isn't right. He's that kind of game changing talent when he has it all the way dialed in. We know this, the issue obviously is that it's not, it's not even an issue. It's that I don't think we're fully, we haven't fully solved this yet. And I don't say, I wouldn't say he's fully back all the way into the flow. He's getting there. He's the closest he's ever been since he's been in the Nets uniform. And that is great news, but there's also the Ben Simmons in this game that had eight turnovers and five fouls. Right. And I know we want to get excited about the highlights. I was too. Like these are the moments where I'm like, Oh yeah, well, let's get jazzed up, man. And like behind the back looks finishing in transition. Like these are the parts of his game when they're all the way back, that it's going to make the Nets just a very, very different team. But you can't look at this 29 minutes that he played and not see the turnovers and five personal fouls. Some one of these was probably a little ticky tack and he was getting into it a little bit with Pat Bev, who thankfully was ejected just because he gets really, really annoying at times, but whatever, it's just a preseason game game did get a little chippy. Uh, you know, different parts of the second half. Most of that was Patrick Beverly, but, you know, Simmons was happy, I think, to oblige some of this. He did some trash talking two games in a row where he's seen him, where he's, we've seen him talking trash uh, on the court. And again, I love to see that too. That means I think the confidence is back and all this other stuff. So I think that I'm fully on board for too. You want to chirp a little bit? Let's chirp, like, but you should. That means this is a Simmons that I think is coming back to a version that he feels really, really confident in himself and a confident version of Simmons is going to, again, for like the 50th time here, going to be a game-changing element for the Nets over the course of this season. But there are still problems here in terms of just overall flow and the turnovers are a problem and the fouls are a problem. The, N the Nets need him to be an aggressive defender, so I think we will see the fouls. I think we'll see, he's going to be a guy that I think that fouls a lot. I, I think that's just going to be the way it is. We saw it last year too, and I thought last year, it was sometimes a little bit more injury-related because he would gamble a little bit. Maybe he wasn't feeling 100% or feeling like he couldn't stay in front of guys in the same way that he had been able to in the past. And I think that led to him gambling um, just with ball handlers or trying to shoot some gaps, and then it didn't always work. And with fouls, it doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't have to not work that often to rack up fouls pretty quickly, right? So um, I think we, we could see that. And I don't think that's exactly what's happening with him here. I think some of it's timing, but I think it's, some of it is just overall aggression, excitement, and wanting to be a guy who's causing havoc on the defensive end. Again, I think that's the Simmons that we really want to see over the course of the season. 
But I think we are, like I said, with the turnovers at the beginning about how we're ha- sometimes have to live with maybe some sloppiness or some staleness on offense. I think we'll have to probably at times live with some fouls with Simmons as well, right? Like, I think that's just going to be part of the way he's going to play in this game, uh, in this season. And I think that's just the way it is. You know, remember when he played in those sixer years, he had Joel Embiid sort of cleaning up st- things on the on the back line all the time. Now, Claxton is a really, really good defender uh, too, but I w- he's not, he just doesn't even have the overall size. And I think Embiid's just probably a better, you know, is just a better interior defender. And that makes a difference for a guy like Simmons, who's going to operate more defensively on the perimeter against some of these guys. It's a little bit comforting to know you have a guy like Embiid backing you up there to clean up a lot of mistakes. Nets don't have exactly that. I think, again, Claxton's an elite defender. He's, but he's just probably not in that rim protection version of just overall size that we see Joel Embiid. So just another thing to watch out for with Simmons this season. If they, if there's going to be like, if he's going to pile up fouls because of just, just wanting to get after the ball or just maybe the timing is still not totally there. It's something that we could see kind of crop up, but overall I was really glad I, w- I would have been really concerned if they had left the first half of this game and it had been, you know, where Simmons just didn't look perfect. And it just, I mean, like they looked like they struggled at times. I think it was really important for them, even with the loss, uh, you know, to lose this game by eight. I think it was important for them to get out and really get after it in the second half and give a good foot for the best foot forward over the third quarter and into the, into the fourth quarter. I think the Nets kind of needed that. I think it would have been like, even with this loss, I came away from this game with a much different attitude than if I had done this. And this is why you never do it. But if we had done this podcast at halftime, uh, this this would have read so much different. I mean, it was looking real, real rough. I think that sometimes, or all the time, it's worth, one, watching the whole game play out. But two, whatever got into them in the second half and whatever, like, I don't know if he did it or not, but if Jacques Vaughn lit a fire or they just said to themselves, hey, we're at home, this is ridiculous, like we can't play this poorly, the energy has to be better. I think Simmons was a big, big part of that, and that's great to see. So really glad that they ended off the, keeping those, keeping the stars and that sort of those first rotation kind of guys out there a little longer. I think that they, I don't know if it was that they kept them out there longer than planned, but I'm glad that they just didn't raise the white flag here at some point. And say, hey, no, you know, live fight another day. They're still ramping up for regular season minutes. We're still trying to Jacques Vaughn clearly has started to dial in more of what the maybe rotations and what this roster can look like and having more of an idea about who those minutes are going to end up going to. I think we saw a really strong inclination. I'll talk about that in a second of where that's going to be going into the year. But having them do this in the second half, having them step up the energy, having Simmons really step it up in terms of just getting the team going. I think that was really, really important for just what they needed to do with only one more preseason game left to go. Want to talk a little bit about what we saw in terms of rotations, what to probably expect from how the Nets are going to move forward. Uh, We'll get into a little bit more of this later in the week as well, but want to cover a few of the other guys that we didn't talk about too much here in a second. Before we get to that, I'll tell you about our friends over at Game Time. Look, if you're in the market for getting tickets, concert, game, you know, theater, you want this to be a fun experience. You don't want buying tickets to your next big event to be a drag. You don't want it to be confusing. Worst of all, you don't want it to cost more in other places. That's where Game Time has you covered. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater events. 
near you. Just looking over at game time right now. I mean, so many great things to pick from. You got Aces Liberty coming up Wednesday, the 18th at 8 p.m. But the Clays, baby, let's get into that. Little Liberty fans, maybe you want to jump into the tickets. These things have been completely sold out uh, if you've been watching those games. Uh, You also have Jets Giants coming up here on Sunday, the 29th at MetLife. That's on game time as well. Game time has you covered for everything you need in your area. Look, you can see where you're going to sit. You can get the low, lowest prices uh, guaranteed. They have last-minute deals right up to the start of the event, even an hour after the event starts. So that's just where Game Time's got you covered. Uh, talk about last-minute seats, folks. You're not going to beat that. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code uh, LOCKEDONMBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, closing this out. Look, Adam and I will come back uh, tomorrow a little bit and talk more about the play that we saw. Like, I think there's other things that we can get. I, I know there's other things that we can get into. I mean, once again, we see, <laughs> I talked about it at the beginning, but we have the, two of the three, two of the five, uh, two of the five guys in the starting lineup. Don't take any three pointers in this game. I think that's going to be a recurring theme, obviously, with Claxton and Simmons. I'm going to want to get into that. I do want to get later and I get Adam's opinion also on the play of Cam Thomas in this one, who ends up going six for 14, scores 18 points. I think it was the tail of two games for him as well. So uh, there are going to be other pieces of this game that we are going to break down when Adam and I are back together tomorrow. But I do think I, or I did want to just talk quickly about what we saw for some of these rotations. Even with no Mikael Bridges, even with no Cam Johnson, right? Like that we're starting to dial in probably on what the regular season is going to look like in terms of minutes from this team. Uh, And I think it's becoming very, very clear that that's going to be the guys we saw starting tonight. Obviously, Bridges and Bridges and Cameron Johnson will replace probably, I mean, definitely Dorian Finney-Smith and probably Cam Thomas in the starting lineup would be what I would expect to happen, pushing Thomas into probably the sixth or seventh man role. Uh, Royce O'Neal and Lonnie Walker, they played 24 and 23 minutes in this one. I think we probably see them like the uh, eighth and ninth man off uh, off of the bench. And then after that, we got 16 minutes at Trenton Wofford and 17 minutes at Darius Baisley. Wofford's the guy that we had talked about in terms of, you know, where were they going to land? Harry Giles, Trenton Wofford. Armani Brooks, uh, Harry Giles the third did not play at all in this game. Kind of expected that to happen once Claxton and Sharp were back. If you listen to our podcast from a couple days ago, uh, we made that guess that we thought that Giles's minutes were a bit more. Now, I like the way he played, so this is nothing against Giles, but I did think that the minutes for him were a bit more circumstantial with no Claxton with no Daron Sharp. Uh, and the fact that he didn't play in this game really didn't surprise me all that much uh we saw you know only a few minutes from jalen wilson and noah Clowney. only four minutes really at the end of the game from armani brooks so i think it, it's watford has the inside track here that seems to make a lot of sense 13.7 rebounds hit a couple corner threes uh which you'd love to see it was didn't have any assists but was tasked with some ball handling here so i think that this is kind of lining up to where we thought it was going to be we saw 17 minutes out of Beasley. It's been a little hit or miss for him. He did knock down two three-pointers. Uh, it doesn't look perfect for him all the time, uh, although this he was another guy that it looked significantly better in the second half. So I think we have a pretty good idea of how these minutes are going to roll 
going into the regular season. I think that like, I think that the Nets could probably end up playing a slightly deeper bench than they have in the past. I think they should at least try that just because of some of the guys they had. But I think this game and uh, probably the next game as well begins to iron out some of those questions that we had around who maybe was going to take some of these last spots for the Nets, right? Like who, who are going to be the guys that probably broke camp. It's really probably looking like Watford is going to be that guy. I think that mean that's the guy that Adam and I have both said that we probably thought it should happen after last game. I think that makes a lot of sense to us. So I really not all that surprising to see this minutes breakdown. And I suspect against the heat on Thursday that we will end up seeing, excuse me on Wednesday that we'll end up seeing probably something similar with maybe just a few of those minutes pressed back down if with if and when Bridges is back in the lineup, right? Like I, I think that's going to end up making sense for the Nets. I think this is the roster that we kind of expected, um, and we'll be able to break down, you know, what we think are some strengths of that roster and some weaknesses of, of this roster going forward. But overall, seeing these uh, Jock Vaughn run these rotations, play heavier minutes for some of the starters, like they they ran more minutes. The starters ran more minutes in this game, no doubt about it, right? Dinwiddie played thirty, Simmons played twenty nine. Campbell Thomas played 23, uh, DFS played 24, uh, Clax played 21. And I think, you know, bumping all those up by two to three minutes, not not DFS because uh, that's going to be Bridges, but bumping those starter minutes up two or three going into the season, slotting Bridges in there for 34, 35, 36 minutes, something like that. Hopefully Cam Johnson's able to work his way back into this thing uh, prior to the season starting, or at least, you know, hopefully turns the corner pretty quickly because we're going to be looking at 32, 33 minutes for him. But that's just going to leave that bench looking like probably Lonnie Walker coming off the bench. He's looked really, really good. We'll talk about him tomorrow a little bit. Uh, Lonnie Walker, Royce O'Neal, Cam Thomas, probably three of those guys coming off the bench. And then we'll see where Sharp Baisley and Watford land. I thought Sharp played pretty well tonight, nine points, 10 rebounds. Uh, he was able to definitely sort of solidify stuff a little more going into the second half. Uh, there were some miscommunications. There was um, some parts where he needs to sort of control his interior presence a little bit more. But overall, I think you like to see they were plus four in the minutes with Sharp there. And if they're going to play more drop, drop coverage this season, uh, he's more equipped to be able to do that so i think we're getting more of a sense of what what the nets are going to look like going into the season again going into tomorrow when adam is back we're going to talk about what dinwiddie's game we'll talk about cam thomas's game a little bit more we'll say you know we'll make some stronger predictions about how those minutes really start to break down around these guys um and who we're probably not going to see too much of at all and i don't think any of that super huge surprises right i don't think that there's going to be any major major surprises going forward and there really aren't like i think if you're following this team you kind of see the writing on the wall with some of these players so overall preseason game against the against the sixers no mikhail no cam j but no Embiid on that side no james harden on that side uh james harden doesn't want to play for his team doesn't want to play for the teams that he used to play for against the teams he used to play for either we'll see what ends up happening <laughs> with the james harden thing uh, going into this season oh that's a roller coaster and someone had said to someone said to me online, I kind of agreed with it. Like I was, you know, curious about, you know, do the Nets avoid a, a, a landmine there with, with James Harden 
not signing the extension when he was offered. It sure seems like it. <laughs> it sure seems like he's just not really wanting to be happy uh, wherever he is, but he seems like he's got some gripes with Maury too. But anyway, he's not in this game. So not a full picture of what this these two teams are going to look like, but I think a good representative sample of how the Nets are going to go into the season. And again, just to reiterate, really like the fact that they were able to step on the gas some in the second half and make this more of a game because I think we would have been feeling a little bit bummed um, had the game just looked a lot like the second half and a lot like the first half going into the second half. Uh, I think that that would have been, that would have left a little bit of a sour taste in terms of like what we thought about the team going into the season. But the fact that they were able to really push a comeback with Simmons leading in the second half makes you feel pretty good. All right, going to get out of here. Adam and I will be back again tomorrow. We'll break down more of what we saw in this game. In the meantime, make sure you join the conversation with us over on subtext. This is like locked on nets inside stuff over here. It's just texting with Adam and I basically all day long. You're going to get inside information around the nets. You're going to get stuff that just doesn't live on the podcast feed, doesn't live on the YouTube feed, just uh, extra watch party. Just going to be one-on-one conversations, mailbag stuff, all happening on joinsubtext.com slash locked on nets make sure you like and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast make sure you subscribe over on youtube as well as always we get into this portion of the show where adam is always tasked with coming up with quotes from the all-time great poets i always forget to do it by this time in the podcast that's okay that's we're gonna keep that streak alive and just say adam armbrecht one of the all-time great poets we'll be back again tomorrow talking more brooklyn nets basketball